Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. Our first lesson today is from the book of Sirach, and this insight explains much of the unhappiness in our hearts and much of the misery in the world. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. But even if we accept and understand this truth, how can we escape from the hateful contempt of others which traps us in our own wrath? Sirach tells us, Forgive your neighbor's injustice. Then when you pray, your own sins will be forgiven. Could anyone nourish anger against another and expect healing from the Lord? These words were written in the book of Sirach about 200 years before the birth of the Lord Jesus, and the man who wrote them was himself named Jesus, or better, Yeshua. This Yeshua lived in Jerusalem and devoted his life to the study of the Torah and the worship of the living God in the temple. Yeshua's father was named Sirach. And so the writer was known as Yeshua bin Sirach. The earliest known title of this book is The Wisdom of the Son of Sirach. But that got shortened to the book of Sirach. So Yeshua wrote the book, and then his father's name got attached to it. From Christian antiquity, this text was also called the Liber Ecclesiasticus, or church book because it was used so extensively in the teaching and worship of the early church. Sirach was written in Hebrew and then translated into Greek by the author's grandson, who also added a prologue. But then the Hebrew original was lost until the late 19th century, and so the Greek translation was added to the Bible. The book of Sirach is one of the seven texts not included by Protestants in their canon or official list of Holy Scripture. But the Catholic Church has always acknowledged Sirach as divinely inspired and belonging to the Holy Scriptures of the Old Testament. Sirach runs to nearly 50 pages in most Bibles, but it is well worth the time needed to read and ponder all of this beautiful meditation on education and wisdom, on money and friendship, on love and family life, on the worship of God and the mystery of death. The book of Sirach is part of the wisdom tradition of the Old Testament, which explores questions such as, what makes a human life worth living? And how can one live a truly good life? In today's consideration of anger and wrath, Sirach asks, could anyone refuse mercy to another like himself and yet seek pardon for his own sins? And then comes this exhortation, Think of the commandments. Hate not your neighbor. Remember the Most High's covenant and overlook faults. And in this way, the words of Yeshua ben Sirach prepare us for the words of Yeshua, Son of God. The Lord Jesus was asked by Simon Peter, 
Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? And in reply, Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. We are still reading from chapter 18 of St. Matthew's Gospel. And today's passage follows immediately on last week's text, in which all of the twelve were given the authority to bind and loose, both on earth and in heaven. But are the apostles to exercise this authority with severity or with mercy? And today the Savior tells them, with mercy. Forgiving others 77 times is another way of saying that limitless mercy is required of all disciples of the Lord Jesus, precisely because that is what we ask of God the Father for ourselves. In chapter 4 of Genesis, we read of a man named Lamech, who was a sixth-generation descendant of Cain, the son of Adam who murdered his brother Abel in a jealous rage. Limit was a, Lamech rather, was a violent man and declared that he had killed another man who wounded him and even killed a boy who had bruised him, insisting that if Cain is avenged sevenfold, then Lamech is avenged seventy-sevenfold. So the saying of Jesus that we must forgive others 77 times repudiates that thirst for vengeance and reveals the divine and nonviolent solution to the endless cycle of violence and retribution that begins when sinners hug tight their wrath and anger. And the only way for us to escape from the ruthless and brutal logic of vengeance is to embrace the gift of limitless mercy extended to us by Christ Jesus from the altar of his holy cross. The lesson that vengeance leads to vengeance while mercy leads to mercy is learned in the gospel today by the ruthless and dishonest servant of a merciful king. When the king extends mercy to his servant's debts, but the servant refuses to do the same for a colleague, then terrible justice is visited upon the unforgiving debtor. And here is a warning for us. We pray every day, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And in so doing, we take our lives in our own hands because we are asking the Lord to grant us mercy in exactly the same degree we extend it to others. From the cross, the Savior cried out for mercy even upon those who tortured and murdered him, that is, upon us. Father, forgive them. And so it must be for each of us to all others. The psalmist also knew this saving truth when he sang of the Lord, He pardons all your iniquities, heals all your ills, He redeems your life from destruction crowns you with kindness and compassion. And therefore, we should hear and heed the wisdom of Yeshua bin Sirach. Remember your last days. Set enmity aside. Remember death and decay and cease from sin. Friends, since the fall of man from God's grace, anger, 
violence and wickedness have arisen in every human heart except for those of our Savior and His Holy Mother. And such wrath and hatred bring both misery to individuals and great injustice to the world. To find peace in our hearts and peace in the world, we must therefore renounce hateful wrath and vengeance and follow the teaching of the Word of God on the absolute need for mercy. But here we must also note that the gospel does not allow us to ignore or appease injustice. Nothing in Holy Scripture requires us to be pacifists who refuse to resist evil. Indeed, we are called out of love for our neighbor always to resist violence and to correct injustice, first by speaking the truth in love. And then, if words are not enough, we may even have a duty to use force to defend innocent life and preserve justice, whether as individuals or as nations. But as we learn constantly from the violence, hatred, and brutality in the world all around us, neither peace in the world nor healing in our hearts will come from nursing a grudge, harboring resentment, or seeking vengeance. And therefore, even the use of force to protect the innocent must come from love, not hatred. No, to promote justice and peace in the world and to find tranquility in our hearts, we must never hug tight our own wrath or anger. Instead, after the example of the Savior and by His grace, we must carry our own cross and extend mercy to others so that we may receive it ourselves. And that mercy can never be merely abstract, extrinsic, or forensic. It must be, as the Savior says, from our hearts. And such perfect and everlasting mercy comes from only one source, the atoning death and glorious resurrection of the divine Redeemer of the world, the eternal and incarnate Word of God, the Lord, Jesus Christ, Christ.